Welcome to the Financial Advisors Advisor, the podcast offering guidance and advice on all things concerning financial advisors, RIAs, and the practitioners. Brought to you by Elite Consulting Partners, it's the go-to podcast for any financial advisor in the wealth management business. Learn more and subscribe today at EliteConsultingPartners.com slash podcast. And now, here's your host, Frank LaRosa. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. This is Frank LaRosa, the CEO of Elite Consulting Partners. And as always, I'm here with my COO, Dale Dempsey. Aloha. What's up? As everybody knows, I am the financial advisor's advisor, and Dale is uh, the man who knows everything. So um, I'm just- uh, If you could see the look on my face right now. <laughs> hey, thanks for joining us. Uh, we, If you're new to the podcast, welcome. We appreciate you uh, stepping up, and hopefully you find our content enjoyable, slightly entertaining, I would hope, uh, or probably Dale's more entertaining than I am. I'm working on it. Okay. Okay. I'll, I'll take that. I don't. Is that a compliment? That's a okay, compliment. That's a compliment. Dude. And if you're back for some more, we appreciate it. Uh, the only favor we're going to ask if you're listening is if you think this content was informative, educational, just do us a favor and, and share it uh, with someone that you think you know it might benefit. We're doing these for our audience, for everybody in the wealth management industry, people that are just in general trying to run businesses, that are learning, trying to learn from people that are running a business. And so uh, we appreciate your time. Uh, last week, we talked about the idea of whether someone should go independent if you're retail. And, and I had talked about meeting some advisors that all had a little bit of a different mindset with independence. I mentioned the fact that I had tra- traveled down to Atlanta and looked at some space with with one of our clients, put some stuff. I got stuck in the, on the tarmac from, I, I knew Atlanta was bad traffic, but I, literally there was like 30 planes in front of us when I was taking off. It was, it was I never Everybody was trying to get out of Atlanta. I don't know why there was some. I think it was drizzling or something, and so <laughs> that makes more sense. You know, it was it was it was rough, but uh, you know, I, I we sort of brushed over that that part of the conversation last week in terms of this looking at this executive suite space down there. It's actually the it's called Number Eighteen N O eighteen space, and it's owned by Regis, but it's a higher end space. I'm not. This is not like a plug for this space because they only have one other location in Chicago. But part of the reason why I went down there, one, was to see the space with my client. And two, because if I'm looking at opening up some space in Atlanta and opening up some space in Chicago, as we sort of franchise this out and build our, our brand. So if anyone's looking to, to join a great firm and grow with us, give us a buzz. 856-316-4651. But it's really, really interesting, unique space, a, a little bit higher end than your average sort of executive suite, traditional Regis hold, space. Hold on. When you say higher end, is it marble floors and crystal or uh, I don't know. I'm just trying to uh, Actually, in the main areas, there was chandeliers and pool table in the, in the main lobby area and, and really nice couches, very French modern, artwork on the on the walls, some eclectic stuff and some, there was like a fountain with a with a uh, like a carp fountain thing, they you, know, you walk in and they offer your clients coffee or cappuccino, water, really spectacular. So kudos to uh, the folks at uh, Number Eighteen for for doing this. 
give them all the credit in the world. But I think it's interesting. Um, and if you're watching any any of the, any of the video that we that we do of our podcast, you'll you'll notice that we're sort of cramped in my office. I'm standing up. That's because I like talking when I'm standing up. That's just what I've done my entire career. But because we're running out of space, and so that sort of questions start coming coming up to you is when you're taking down space when you're going independent is space is an issue. Real estate is a big component of of one's PL. And you have to make the right decision. If you're an advisor, breakaway advisor going independent, you have a choice. You can go and sign a a, a year or five year lease. Most most uh, office buildings want you to sign like a three year lease. Um, but who the heck knows if you're going to be you know going to be there for that long, right? And and then you got to buy real estate. You got to buy um, furniture and all these different expenses. And you haven't lived in that space yet. So there's some things that I wanted to just talk to you about. So I'm going to slow you down here. Go ahead. Hold on. I'm, you're going, I'm, you're going I'm riffing. Too fast Sorry. For me. I get excited about real estate. So. <laughs> so, all right. If I'm an advisor, first thing I'm thinking about is the location, right? Yeah. You want to definitely think of, well, of course, right, in real estate, location, location, location. Well, location in yeah, location to what? Clients. I'm just thinking out louder. Clients. And my house depends. Some so some advisors. So one advisor that I met with, he doesn't live anywhere near the office. Like he literally lives about an hour, hour and a half away from where all his clients are. So he has a small uh, office out where his clients are because he doesn't. He only uses it when he's meeting with his clients. Right. So he doesn't sure. need some big, sure, fancy office. Right. Some advisors never see their clients in the office, so they work from home. And if you're independent, that's not a problem. If you're in a retail office, that can be a problem based on how much time you actually spend working from home. Um, and then we get into, you know, what what is a remote location or office yeah, of convenience. But that, that's, yeah, that's not really purpose. But, but you really need to figure out if you're going to take down office space, where it's going to be because there's some variables in Atlanta, as an example, or even in our town, right? There's sort of like the trendy part of town. Yeah, there's a trendy part of town. There's traffic patterns you need to know about because if you have clients that are come to your office, you don't want them to have to, you know, make U-turns all the time. You want to make it as easy as possible for them to get to your office, which includes parking in and out. If you're in like a metro market, you know, there's a parking garage, you got to make sure you're easy to get there, but most branches that are in rural markets are where your office is going to be. If you're in a small town, you know, and you have an office where they have to go and find a meter all the time, and that's going to be a problem. And and if it's a problem, and if it's just a little bit difficult, you're going to get less foot traffic in. Meaning, your clients are going to aren't really going to want to come in. They're going to want you to go out, meet with them, and that use, takes up more of your time. In Atlanta, one of the things we were looking at is so with this this one particular number eighteen is there's parking right there. It's easy to get into. Clients could actually valet park. Yeah, I was going to ask about that. Right, clients can valet park right out front. It's very, it's very, very chic, you know, sort of I'll call it like the Beverly Hills of of Atlanta. Really cool. So the clients can just valet, right? But there's some other offices in the area where some of these other bigger firms are, where there's like only one entrance in and out, and there's three professional office buildings where all these companies are. And so if you're leaving at five o'clock, you're going to get jammed up. And, and those are the kinds of things that 
Yeah, when you're thinking about geography, oh yeah, you, you have, have to, to be thinking about right. You have to be thinking about that. You have to put yourself in your client's shoes to a degree. So okay, visualize so, it. So if you th- all right, so if I'm thinking about geography, then I'm also maybe the next thing is lease to to own, or do I own the building or well, house or whatever? Yeah, and, like and I then think hold that, on, I got a follow up question for okay. that. So if that's a question, in and own owning is an answer. Do you have any idea what revenue level or margins yeah, that should I would, look like? I would say most time, I mean, you have to be doing, I mean, well, depending on the marketplace, right? If you're in LA, owning the building is going to be way expensive. Okay. If, you know, yeah. That's, in, maybe that's not a fair question, yeah. but just- I would say most most times advisors don't own the buildings that they're in. If you're doing four, five, six million dollars a year, and you're in an area where you can buy a really cool sort of uh, Victorian home kind of thing, right? Uh, maybe buy the building. Or if you're in a- you know, buy commercial real estate and get into that game, have at it. Most advisors just rent space, right? They're leasing space from somebody because you don't want to take the additional risk of real estate. Um, you can re- rent the space. The question there when you rent space is how much do I rent? You might have some of these grandiose plans and we talk about visualizing a much, much bigger business in the future, but you have to sort of visualize it and plan it out smartly. Don't want to take down too much space where you have eight extra offices and it's just you and your assistant, maybe a junior, a junior partner. And then when you walk in, there's all these empty offices. That's oh, right. sort of like bad energy flow, right? Well, our office, right? We have, for those of you that, if you haven't been to our office, uh, we meet with advisors all the time, but you know, I, we love the space that we're in and it's in a great location and which I just sort of fell into that. It wasn't like me being brilliant. It just happens to be in a good location, <laughs> but we, we don't want to leave it. And we're, we're growing, expanding, and we literally have, we've managed to take a couple of closets that are nice size closets in their offices now, but it's productive. And as a business owner, I'm getting a lot of revenue per square foot, which is what you should be looking at if you're a business owner. What is your revenue per square foot? Including my young college student here, Marat, is in my office, which is great. So he gets to hear the, all the trials and tribulations of being a business owner out of his out of his right ear but he's learning a lot let's just say that right but your point is you don't want to there's a sweet spot where you don't you don't get too little space that you can't expand right but you don't take too much space that it's empty yeah so you want to basically uh, what i would say is you know i have a decent sized office you have a reception area your average office should be roughly 10 by 12 right a 10 by 12 office is a good size office if you're in a wirehouse, you know, and you're a higher producer, you're you're in a much bigger office than that. But once you start paying for your own space, you realize you don't really need that much space because you're going to have a conference room, so you're going to meet your clients in the conference room. Uh, so you know, the average office, individual office, should be about 120, 100, 120 square square feet. Then you have a conference room and you have a kitchen area. I would always basically say to you, you want to have like maybe two extra offices. So if you're a team of of three producers plus an assistant who can who can also act as the receptionist out in front. You want to have like two extra offices because you want to be prepared for the opportunities down the road. If you listen to episode 12 about being prepared and thinking about acquisitions, you don't want to come across an opportunity and then not have the space for the person. Right? That's, that's literally happened more, more times than I want to Right. Won't even think about. Right. So you talk about growing your branch, you talk about recruiting, but you don't have any space. I mean, even as a branch manager, right, at a retail firm, 
I've run across that too many times. Yeah. We just don't have space. We want the advisor. But Except we, the branch manager sitting in a huge office. Oh, that right? yeah, that's another thing too. When I was when I was a branch manager, and if uh, some of the uh, the guys used to work for me know this, I would sit at a desk if I had to, you know, if, and I would put a producer in my office. If I can recruit a, a good sized producer to my office, I'd stick him in my office. I had my sort of right hand guy, you know, like assistant branch manager, shared space because I was able to increase my revenue per square foot by doing that. So I used to say I was the L in the P&L. Uh, but the point is, if you're listening to this, really make some smart decisions about the space. Don't get sort of over, overly aggressive with how much space you want and how fast you're going to grow your office. Uh, it takes time to, to recruit people. It takes time to grow the branch. But the other part of it is sometimes it's okay to go down and take temporary space. Right? So go go to an executive suite location and get over the fact that your per per month rent is going to be higher than what you would pay for your own lease space because you're 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 paying for the short-term advantage month to month 90 days 60 days and you just roll it right you're not paying for utilities uh, there's things you're just not covering uh, you're not paying for the supplies for the for the men's room and the ladies' room and the towels and the those things add up. And sometimes that can just be a timing issue. Yes, where, timing, right, right. Where you just you just temporarily looking, you're waiting, just like you would enter into a position with an, an equity. You're just waiting for the right entry point to get to to get the space for it to be available. Right, right. And if you're um, you know, you could be going to a firm that you know, I've done this too. Uh, we've moved some folks like into from Morgan Stanley to Raymond James as an example in marketplaces where they didn't have a branch. And before you take down the space, you, know, you sort of have to be there. They want to know you're committed. And so you, you put them in temporary space for six months while you build it out. That's important. And then the other thing too is, again, like when you buy a house, if you move into a new town, sometimes you're better off renting first before you buy a house in your town because you might not be in the right school district or you might not be on the right side of town or you might learn that you spend more time in this part of the town or you whatever the situation is you want to basically well it's like what i told you dude when you bought your house right don't go out and like fill your house with all this new furniture till you know how you're going to use it oh right you know how you're going to use the house yeah i keep telling sarah hey let's let let's because I mean, she does a wonderful job designing, but she has an idea of what she wants immediately. And I am I'm I try to maybe pull back a little Still bit and say, a little bit. Let, let's see where the light falls in the room or whatever. But she's usually, all right, you, she's always right on that stuff. Yeah, I know. I, 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 I just I throw my input. On, same thing I have. But the point is, you know, you might think you know where you want, to, want your office building. And you, look, for you might be spot on, right? But there's nothing wrong with you taking temporary space for for 90 days or six months um, while you're transitioning your book to, to your new firm, to your new private practice, and just worrying about talking to your clients and not worrying about the furniture being delivered and all this other stuff and the printers and all that garbage, right? Hey, I'm curious. So if you're an advisor listening and you have built the office building or house that you're running your practice out of, Get a hold of us because I'd be curious to know 
what that process was like, if you just how it worked out, how you came to that conclusion. Because I, I ran across somebody maybe a year ago that did just that. And I'm, I'm very curious as to how you came to that conclusion and, and, and how that happened. Yeah, well, we have, a, we have an advisor um, out in Pennsylvania. They own their building and they are they just crossed a billion dollars in assets which was great cuz cuz 9 months ago they only had like 750 right and so they're crushing it they own their own building and they are maxed out hashtag maxed out i looked at their website the other day they have hey, my let, by the way have you have you looked at their website recently it's, it's got, awesome they're they, growing well, the the staff size it's oh right and so they're they're maxed out of their space and so but they own the building. So it's not like they can go to the landlord and say, hey, can we can we take some additional space next door? They have this dilemma now of what do we do? Do we stay here and open up a second location down the street? Or you know, move, how do we rent it? Move, yeah, there's all re- kinds of options. But those are good options. And Hey, to, it's a great problem to have. to have. Yeah. It's an awesome problem to have. But that's one of those scenarios where if they were just in a, I'll call it a corporate office building, they'd go to the landlord and say, hey, can you move us to the, from the third floor to the second floor because there's more space down there and landlord usually just will do that if you're staying in their building. It's just those it's those dynamics that I, I want everyone to really be thinking about. It's those dynamics that we we don't say make our clients, but that we encourage. we encourage our clients to think about because we ask those questions that they may not know. It's like you don't know what you don't know. And so it's our job to get you to think about these things. So with that said, as usual, great job today, Dale. We appreciate it. Glad to be home. I think I'm going to, I'm going to California next week, I think. Looking forward to that. But you got any questions, topics you guys want us to talk about, email us, frank at eliteconsultingpartners.com, dale at eliteconsultingpartners.com. Uh, Dale's number is 856-316-4653. Give him a buzz. He's awesome at what he does. So is Frank. Thanks. So is Murat. Um, go to iTunes. Way. Yeah, Marat's uh, taking some uh, taking some video and some uh, some photos. Don't forget to go to iTunes, Spotify, wherever you wherever you're uh, listening to your podcasts, and uh, leave leave some reactions. Uh, leave give us that five star rating. We appreciate it. And share, share, share. Thanks a lot. Talk to you next week. See you. You've been listening to the Financial Advisors Advisor Podcast, brought to you by Elite Consulting Partners, the leading experts in advisor transitions, succession planning, and broker-dealer and RIA M&A consulting. If you're looking for strategic advice or solutions on any of those topics within the financial services industry, or you just want to subscribe to the podcast, head on over to EliteConsultingPartners.com. Yeah.